Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think we, we, we he's still getting other financial people involved. He had the transition team to come in. They're giving him recommendations. So, you know, we gotta he gotta look at all of the funding that we have to see how we can do these things. Hi everybody, I'm Fran Spielman. There's a first for everything, and we have a first this week. The Dean of the City Hall Press Corps is talking to the Dean of the Chicago City Council. Alderman Walter Burnett of the fast growing near West Side's 27th Ward. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Fran. And congratulations to you on your tenure. <laughs> well, congratulations to you on your tenure. I'm still trying to figure out how I managed to become Dean of the City Hall Press Corps. That is the longest serving and surviving member. Are you still trying to figure out that too? You turned 60 yeah, this year. This uh, is a big deal for you. I know, and, and um, yeah, and I'm surviving too, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? How did you manage to become the dean? You know, I have no idea, Fran. Uh, it just happened. Um, you know, um, I guess if Carrie, Carrie Austin wouldn't have left, I wouldn't be the dean. Um, I know Ed Burke, you know, he had 50-something years, so he was eventually going to go. But then I think also what happened was a lot of folks retired. I mean, the pensions right now, folks are getting uh just as much they get just as much for their pension uh as they work for the last uh salary that they were getting uh, and that goes so, for you too uh, you're losing yeah, money me right too. now right I, I i am losing money right now so but i still pay? feel like i i feel like i have a purpose uh one um you know i was shocked first of all that this mayor uh still on is still honoring me um and and recognize my work and and I feel like my ward has become such a ward that we contribute a lot to the whole city of Chicago. Um, you know, I mean, like bringing in the McDonald's headquarters, getting a casino in our ward, getting Google in our ward, having development going on when no nowhere else in the city had development going on during the pandemic. Uh, all of those things were bringing tax dollars to the city, uh, but that also we have the largest growing TIFs, and those TIFs have been used to you know, subsidize the city budgets each year. And then not only that, the um, Neighborhood Opportunity Fund, which, you know, Rom used it as a Neighborhood Opportunity Fund. 
Lori called it the Invest Southwest. Uh, it's been helping to the developments in our ward has been helping to uh, subsidize developments all over the city of Chicago. So I'm starting to feel more and more like, you know, our ward is plays a pivotal role in the future of the city and, and the continued success of this city and the growth. Now you stuck with Lori Lightfoot in round one of the mayoral sweepstakes. And when she was eliminated after finishing third, you switched over to Paul Vallis. And yet somehow you ended up okay in the city council reorganization engineered by Mayor Brandon Johnson. You're no longer a city council committee chair, but you are the vice mayor of Chicago. And even though that has largely been a ceremonial title with no real power except when the mayor dies in office, you now have a $400,000 budget. How did that happen? Take us through the political fence mending between you and Mayor Johnson. <laughs> so, <laughs> fence mending. <laughs> well, you That's can so call funny. it that. Uh, you can call it rapprochement if you want to be French. What 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 happened? How did this happen? So so I think myself and all the myself and Mayor Johnson, we kind of have a spiritual connection because you know he's very spiritual from church. I'm a deacon in church, I'm in church. You know, I don't know if you know myself, uh, Alderman Irving, and a couple of us really supported him big time when he ran for county commissioner against Boykin. And friend, I'm the type of guy, when I'm in with you, I'm in 100%. So I went that extra mile on working working on his campaign uh, to become county commissioner, and he won, right? And so you can say we have the opportunity to say that we part of his success, right? Because if he wouldn't have been county commissioner, he wouldn't have ran for mayor, and he wouldn't be where he is today. But then when he ran for mayor, you know, um, when Lori was running and he was running, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I was with Lori, but I told him if if Lori loses, then we can reconsider. But then he started, you know, saying things that his, his philosophies didn't match with mass. And so I had to go tell him, you know, uh, and I try to be candid with everyone. I say, look, man, I, I, I can't agree with your philosophies, man. You know, that's not going like to roll like with what? me. What was the well, problem? like when, when he when, when he was talking that when when they were talking that defund the police stuff, when they were talking some of the tax things, you know, I was like, you know, I, I'm not feeling that, so I'm sorry, I can't be with you, right? And I was just straight up with him about it. He said, "Well, let us talk about it." I said, "Well, we can talk about it, but I'm letting you know, you know, I know Paul. We've been friends for a long time. He actually helped me to get." Uh, my ward off the ground during the Democratic Convention in 96 and fix up Greektown. So I know what he would do, right? Um, and and so he, he he honored that, right? So, you know, and, and everybody can tell you in politics, I'm not one of those guys who say that uh, I'm with you and then go cross you out. I'm going to tell you I'm with you, I'm not with you. People know if I'm with you, I'm with you. If I'm not, I'm not. You know, it's no secret. And Brandon respected that. Um, and then, you know, after he won, I think uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, in the business community and everything was just like letting them know that, you know, Alderman Burnett is a worker. You know, he's probably, you know, he works, he gets things done. He helped bring business to the city. 
you know, folks was telling him, you know, I can help him. And I also told him, you know, just like I told Lori when I didn't help her, I told her, you know, hey, I can help you, right? I can help you continue to, um, you know, bring economic development to the city. That's what I do in my ward. And I would be committed to you just like I was to Ron. And, um, and, and he accepted that. Uh, but I didn't know he was going to ask me to be vice mayor. Uh, it actually took me back, and I'm 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 still in unbelief, uh, Fran. <laughs> I'm still you in unbelief. You thought you'd be punished. You thought you'd be punished. I, yeah, I mean, because I believe in this old system to the victor goes the spoils, you know, and uh, that's has been, you know, from biblical days, right? Even in the Bible, God would say, "Go take everything in that land, you know, y'all want take it all." <laughs> And whatever, you know, so so I believe in that and and I respect that. Uh, but he saw um, kindness and grace in his heart um, to allow me to be with him. Um, and, you know, and I let him know I have a committee. I have staff. You give me this title. You know, I need to be able to keep my staff. I'm going to need help. And uh, he said, OK. So he gave me the money to, to keep my staff. But. I'm not knowing uh, uh, that they have a different view for this title now. Uh, they really want me to work. Uh, so, you know, when he called me, he said, Alderman Burnett, you know, everybody tell me you're a worker. <laughs> and I said, yeah. He said, well, I want you to be vice mayor. And then I went and visited his people, and they was like, okay, this is, this is how it's going to work. You're going to have to work. So like what? I had to go. What are you going to do? I had to well, I had to go to events for him when he can't go. Um, you know, I had to go to groundbreakings, ribbon cuttings, visit with business people um, that he can't visit with. As he know, I have a, a, a great relationship with a lot of business people around the city. You know, I had to go to you know, community meetings, uh, big community meetings for him. So I have to actually, you know, work out a schedule. Uh, our schedulers have to meet. And we had to work out things on where he want me to go and where he need me to go. And uh, he, he really want me to go out and, you know, be a compliment to, uh, to his position to make sure he communicates with everyone and, and don't leave anybody behind. So, you know, it is, it, you know, kind of taking me out of what I'm used to doing because I'm used to just hustling for my ward. And, you know, it's... Uh, and, and it's different now when, you know, like I went to an event uh, last night. Actually, I went to the, um, the, the uh, Chicago River uh, Fish Ball. And, you know, so I, and, and then, you know, fish part ball? of the river is in my war. Yeah, ball? they have a ball, a fish ball, they call it. And it's a fundraiser. I assume you had fish. What, what kind? <laughs> well, well, I didn't eat. <laughs> but, but. But it was it's an event where they raise money for the Chicago River. And, of course, I had a Chicago River going through my ward. But I had to speak not just on my behalf of being there, but I had to speak on behalf of the city now, you know, on behalf of the mayor. Who's writing your speeches for you then? Who's writing your speeches? Well, we're, well, we're working along with his people. Uh, and we're still trying to – we're still – this is still a uh, work in progress, Right. We're still connecting the dots with everybody. So, you know, of course, I, I, I'm i not able to really put my people on the budget until yesterday when they voted the money in. 
and yeah. and officially they're not even they're not even employed yet right until yeah. i talk to the clerk's office so but we my scheduler and 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 my uh, uh public relations people we met with them last week and we're going to be coordinating it together because uh, i want to make sure you know i don't just you know, I know how to talk for myself, <laughs> but I'm gonna be honest but with now you. Now you're talking I'm not for him. Yeah, I'm talking for him, and you know, and, and I want to make so sure. You, so, so city. are they going to hand you remarks to deliver at these places? I will hope so, or and okay. or I will hope that I will hope that the remarks that I am getting ready to say, and usually I speak off the chest and from the heart, but now sure. I got to write stuff down because I got to let them know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> You know, right. So now you got to check yourself. That's right. I got to check myself. So so now we we. Is that you know, how's that going to work, Mister Outspoken? Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. This is a a little more work for me, right? Yeah. Uh, which is fine. Uh, you know, I tell you this. I'm not complaining. I'm blessed because no, I, I you know not. I could I could I could be an alderman, lose my staff, lose everybody, and and just sitting there like everybody else, and you know. For a war like mine, I need extra people because I have so much going on. And, um, you know, so I'm grateful to be able to to have extra people so I can take care of the ward and try to go all over the city and, and do stuff. You know, Alderman already, I mean, after the meeting already, they were like, you know, if you don't come to my ribbon cutting, I want you to come. You know, everybody already asking me to come to stuff. Everyone already asking me to come to meetings. You know, I've been to a meeting with him. And he's introducing me as the first African-American vice mayor. And then he leaves. And then everybody come on me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's like, so I got all these slips of paper, right, of people with their concerns and interests are, and I got to talk to the staff about it. You know, now, so Mayor it's, Johnson it's a campaigned on a promise to make a billion dollars worth of investments in people bankrolled in large part by 800 million in newer increased taxes, which is part of the reason why you told him you couldn't support him. The business community is dead set against that, particularly the plan to raise an already sky-high hotel tax, reinstate the employee head tax that business fought so long and hard to eliminate. Governor Pritzker and legislative leaders opposed the financial transaction tax, which needs Springfield approval. Those Democratic leaders also opposed raising the real estate transfer tax on high-end home sales to create a dedicated funding source to reduce homelessness. So how is this mayor going to get any of what he asked for or what he campaigned on and how will he have to change it in your opinion? Well, as you know, friend, every, what people say during the campaigns is not reality when you get into office because some things like, you know, like even the real estate transfer tax, which I was a part of introducing that ordinance. I actually was on the board of Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. Uh, it was, we were introducing the ordinance to vote on, to allow for uh, it to be put on the ballot, right? And if it's on the ballot, then it has to go to Springfield and they're the ones who have to decide it. So there's a lot of things that uh, he was talking about during the campaign that's not actually under his power, right? Uh, some of it is in Springfield and folks in Springfield have to agree with it. Uh, but some of the, uh, you know, some of the, I also was on the Choose Chicago board. I know about the hotels and tourism and all of those things. 
And and a lot of the big business people in relationship to tourism are talking to them now and, and, and getting them to understand things, restaurants, association, all of those things. So he's, he's, he's looking at things from a different lens now, but at the same time, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that a lot of big business people in this city understand the challenges and the goals that he have in order to uh, make the city better, dealing with trauma, not treatment, dealing with young people getting jobs. They're coming up with ideas, uh, alternative ideas on trying to help. And, uh, and so I think, you know, the mayor has put himself in a position where folks want to help. Uh, and a lot of those folks who, uh, who are trying to talk to him now, who's concerned about taxes and everything, are the people who were against him. Right. But now all of them are like 100 percent in 100 percent want to help, want to see sure they want to help. But what uh, taxes are they yeah. prepared to accept? Well, where is he going to go for gonna, this money? He promised a billion dollars yeah. in investments in people, 800 million in new or increased taxes. Where is that money? Yeah, and, come I, from? and I don't know if it was a, a promise. I think it was a goal. Um, but I think we, we're going to look at it. Uh, so, you know, he has his financial people in now. He just hired a budget uh, director. Um, he's, uh, I think we, 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 he's still getting other financial people involved. He had the transition team to come in. They're giving him recommendations. So, you know, we gotta, he got to look at all of the funding that we have to see how we can do these things. Um, do you have any and, idea you know, what alternative taxes the business community might accept besides the head tax, besides the real estate transfer, besides the hotel tax, besides the transaction tax? Yeah, Where well, can I'm he hoping, go for this money? What do you think? Well, I'm hoping that we, you know, not we have to look at the whole, we have to look at everything we're working with with the city budget, right? And there may be, may be some things that we can use to offset some of that. Uh, like, what? like, for like, instance, what? like, like, for instance, the mayor, part of, part of his goal for this 800 something uh, million dollar tax or whatever, he, he wanted to do things like hire young people for summer jobs. Well, he formed a non-for-profit fund. A lot of people are donating to it and it's going to help to, to handle that. Right. So that part will be taken out of the tax situation. So there's a, a lot of ways, many ways to make things happen. Uh, and I think he is, before he does something like that, he's looking for alternatives in order to make some of these goals and these things happen. I think the other biggest thing that he has, um, uh, that he's concerned about is the treatment, not trauma. You know, trying to help all of these mentally ill people um, around our streets and wandering around and sometimes uh, doing criminal acts, you know, uh, and, and they need help because they're sick. So I think he's looking for alternative ways of doing some of those things. I, I think uh, that there's a lot of uh, philanthropy uh, out here in the city of Chicago uh, that's rooting for the city of Chicago that wants to help. And, and I'm just hoping that we can find other ways besides just doing taxes. Uh, so and, do you, you know, see any taxes that the business community would be willing to accept and that you could accept? Well, not at this point. We haven't seen anything. Uh, but 
also not just myself, friend. You know, uh, the alderman had to be able to vote on it too. So I know, and he's going to have trouble getting are, the votes, won't he? Well, we had to see, right? We we had to see, um, you know, if if we even going to need to raise taxes, if we can't find alternative ways to do something. So I like to give him a chance to look at it. I like to give him a chance to, um, you know, put it together. I mean, we're, we're getting ready to get the Democratic Convention coming to the city of Chicago. That hopefully will help us to uh, garner more support financially for a lot of other things that we need, subsidized things that we normally would spend money on. Now money coming from uh, uh, contributions to that could help subsidize it. It did during 1996. Uh, so hopefully we can do that now and, and maybe we can, you know, use money that we normally would use to do other things instead of doing some of the things that we need to do to prepare for the convention. Your 1995 election to the council made history. You were a convicted bank robber and political protege of then recorder of deeds, Jesse White, who went on to become, of course, the longest serving secretary of state. You clobbered Wallace Davis. And although a steady parade of aldermen had been convicted of felonies over the many years, you were the first convicted felon to be elected to the city council. You were convicted at the age of 17 of armed robbery and pardoned in 1998. You've been a champion for ex-offenders. Is there more that the city should do for them? A lot has been done. A lot was done under Daly and Lori Lightfoot, whose brother was an ex-offender. Yeah, so we've been blessed. Uh, uh, we, we've been blessed because... You know, today, if I was 17 and I was arrested for anything, I would be a minor, right? Uh, but back then, the law made me an adult. So so we're grateful that we've been able to turn things around, be positive, be around positive people. And, you know, I, the whole secret to our success is helping folks, right? So we've been helping people, and, and through helping people, people have been helping us. So we're grateful to where we are. And, you know, I, I actually, um, you know, I, I do a ministry with my church. I'm part of the prison ministry, been part of it for over 25 years. Uh, go to the jails and the prisons, uh, help several elect, several uh, returning citizens to be able to get employed, to be able to get their lives together. And we'll continue to do that. That's, that's my ministry. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing full time if and whenever I, I retire. Because that's, you know, that's what God put on my heart. I was just there Sunday at the county jail, you know. But, um, and that's my private life. That's what I do. Um, and and so I'm grateful that I, I've been able to do that. And I'm grateful that I'm able to push for legislation in City Hall, but also in Springfield, quite as it's kept. You know, I'm on the John Howard Association board. You know, I'm on several boards that deal with it. So we do a lot of things behind the scenes that's not not politically public, right, to help uh, returning residents. And we're going to continue to do that. Uh, and, and I think with this mayor, uh, I know he had a, a brother who had some challenges uh, coming from a big family, as he did, and he lives in a community. He understands the plight that, that folks go through, and he wants to make it better. So the whole goal is, is to, to make sure uh, returning residents become contributing people into our society. That they and get then an we have the plight, of course, of the migrants, which caused that 
very emotional debate this week in the city council, and that is the 50 million that you're transferring, 51 million, is only enough to carry the city through June 30th. That is a frightening thought. The migrants keep coming. Where is this money going to come from, and how are we going to get past this, this very emotional debate about what about us versus taking care of the new people? Yeah, so, and that was very emotional. You know, I was wanted to say something, but everybody else was expressing themselves, so I just left it alone. But, you know, the Bible tell us, you know, we shouldn't, you know, we was once foreigners. You know, we don't, we shouldn't treat foreigners bad. That's what, that's what it says in Exodus, you know. Uh, so we need to treat people good. Uh, and also, when those migrants come to our city, right now, Fran, I have restaurants and food market that can't hire enough people to work, right? We need new people to work in our city because for whatever reason, other folks don't want to work. But also at the same time, we're working on the central area plan. The central area plan is all about planning on bringing more population to the city so that our census numbers can go up so that we can get more money from the federal government in the state. Uh, Alderman Gil Villegas expressed it very eloquently yesterday. We get about 14,000 per person as, as we count, folks. As you put you know, new young people into schools, I was just at one of my schools two days ago. They got some migrant children in their school. It helped them to get enough more money to get another teacher, right? Because they get, they get uh, money per student. And so, you know, we need to embrace these people, incorporate them into our society and help them to become uh, uh, con contributing citizens to our community. A lot of these people, you know, they're not like they weren't doing anything when they was over in Venezuela. Uh, a lot of them are professionals. A lot of them are hard workers. We need to get those folks and let them be a part of our society and let them contribute, let them work. But what about the taxes. demands for reparations, the what about us part of the equation? Well, we, we need to continue to work on those things. I mean, we I'm not saying that you, you do one and, and not do the other. I think we can do both. Uh, and, and With what money? With what money? Well, hopefully, hopefully the state and the federal government will start kicking in some more money. I don't know what we're going to do after this 51 million. I can't answer that. That's a question for the mayor and his budget people and the staff. But right now, immediately, that's what we have to do. I'm actually on my way to uh, the 12th District Police Station now to go see what's going on with the migrants uh, over there uh, sleeping on the floor. Uh, one of my neighbors just called me last night telling me about she went over there and, you know, um, you know, folks can't even, some of them couldn't even plug up their telephones and a whole bunch of other things that I got to check on. And, and uh, you know, it's little kids, you know, little babies, um, you know, and, and they don't have blankets and stuff like that. So we're trying to figure that out, trying to make sure that we use that $51 million to take care of those things that people need in order to just be a human, right? Uh, we, we shouldn't let people sleep on clothes cold floors. They need blankets. We need to make sure they're able to eat, able to wash up, you know, able to cut their hair, take care of their hygiene, and able to put their kids in school. So we're going to be, we're working on all of that. I mean, though, these are people, you know, uh, a lot of us, you know, a lot of people's, people in this uh, city, family members have come over here as migrants, immigrants, um, you know, migration from the South, poor, 
needing help. You know, we need to help people just like people helped all of us. And uh, and I think we're going to be better because of it. Mayor Johnson has asked uh, Lori Lightfoot's cabinet members and agency chiefs to stay on for three months. That'll give him the opportunity to, to assess their performance and assemble his own team if they don't measure up. Are there any department heads or agency chiefs that you would like to see him keep long term? Planning and Development Commissioner Maurice Cox, for example, was the architect of Lightfoot's Invest Southwest plan. He got off to a rocky start with the Alderman, seems to have righted the ship. Would you like to see him stay? Well, let, let me say this, and I'm not going to pick and choose or give my opinion of anyone. I would say this. I had a great working relationship with Maurice. I think that he's done a fantastic job uh, doing the Invest Southwest, but also encouraging and, and mentoring and molding uh, new African-American developers uh, here in the city of Chicago. A lot of folks don't know that that's part of the Invest Southwest, that new African-American developers, young ones who never developed before, he helped to encourage and and, uh, and and get them started. So he's done a great job, but you know, I don't know if that's gonna be the mayor's choice. We haven't talked about that. Uh, and But I also would say that, you know, uh, Lori had a lot of good people, you know, uh, with all who of these administrations. Who besides Maurice Cox? Oh, uh, uh, Marisa. Marisa Navarro, yeah. uh, Jamie uh, Aviation, you know, Jamie, Jamie, you know, is, is tried and tested, you know, and she's right. 100, you know, and she would be 100. Example? Gia is, Gia is a star, man. You know, uh, Gia is, is a star. She does environmental stuff. She was with an architectural firm. She's been with the park district. She's well-rounded you know, and, and, and really concerned. And she thinks out of the box, right? She thinks she, she, even though Gia is getting older, she's still in touch with this new society that we have, you know, things are changing around us, Fred, every day. <laughs> and it's Anybody hard to keep up with it sometimes. Stars, any other stars that you'd like to see him keep? Well, you know, I don't have anything against any of them. I think, I think. Uh, no, but when you hear, when you think of stars, people who really shine. Well, the, the Commissioner of Family and Supportive Services is doing a, a dynamite job. She's been working real hard. Even though this thing has just overwhelmed the city. It's overwhelming, but she's, you know, she's doing what she can do within the rules that she has. And she's been doing a great job. You know, matter of fact, you know, we opened up a women's homeless shelter uh, transition house in my ward with the Salvation Army. She did that and, and with Lori, you know, and women used to have to sleep on the floor with men all around. You know, now they yeah. got their own place. And, so you know, she's done some Brandy great Kanazi, things. Brandy you'd like to see her stay as well. Yeah, well, Brandy, I, I'm saying, I, I'm saying I think that they've done a great job and they're worth looking at. Right. Okay. I think they can contribute. They can contribute to his success. Uh, I'm not Before telling we let you go, uh, my, my colleague, Tim Novak, has written a series of stories about your campaign spending, most recently that you can't seem to explain to the satisfaction of state election authorities what happened to 165,000 in campaign contributions. What happened to that money? Well, friend, my, my accountant and my lawyers are working on that. You know, uh, it's, it's fine. It, it hasn't gone anywhere. We just got to reconcile it, and it will be reconciled. But, I mean, is there anything nefarious going on? What would you do with that money? Are you using it for personal use? Where is it? 
Not at not at all. Not at all. If that was the case, I'd be in jail. You know, I mean, we not at all. It, and so where is no that watch. money? Why is it hard to account for? So I, I don't want to comment on that, Fran. All right. And and then the other thing that he has written about is about the West Garfield Park two flat that you and your wife own that was raided by police for drug dealers selling heroin and other drugs. A few weeks after that raid, the city sued you and your wife for violating the drug and gang house ordinance, seeking 40,000 in fines for that public nuisance. All happened after you backed Preckwinkle over Lightfoot in 2019. Was that her way of getting even with you? You know, I don't know about that. That was a building my wife invested in. You know, you get a bad tenant, you can't put them out. Uh, you know, and and we was doing everything right to put them out. Finally, we got them out. Uh, you know, every homeowner, in particular on the west and the south side, go through this. You get one of these people, and the drug dealers coerce them, and you have to try to get them out of your building. And it's hard to just put people out. And, and if you think about it, it was during a time when the sheriff wasn't putting people out. So we just felt and we felt in that timeline where it was just hard and, and people sticking their fingers and nose up at us, telling us you can't do nothing to us. You know, mm-hmm. so but it, we, we took care of it and it's, it's gone. It's over with. And your wife has said that you didn't want to purchase that property because it was located in a drug-infested neighborhood and that had she listened to you, the whole controversy could have been avoided. Yeah, but that's my wife. I love her. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> she owned I'm up to her mistake, at, uh, I guess. Yeah, I'm not looking to get in no fights with my wife. Friend. That's why you're but, still uh, married but, after how many years now? After 32 years. So, <laughs> Congratulations. Well, best of luck to you, and I hope you have answers for the people who are going to seek help from you as you go around the city being an emissary for Mayor Brandon Johnson. And I wish you the very best of luck. Thanks for joining us, Dean. Thank you, Dean. (laughs) Okay, Dean to Dean. We'll see you all next week. All right.